All right, everybody, it's Monday. Welcome back. Nothing has slowed down and it will not for the duration of your lifetimes. Yay, the artist formerly known as Kanye West has agreed in principle to buy Parler, one of the alternative Twitter clones. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Kanye West's mental breakdown. And I have some strong feelings about the media, social media, predators and Molly and I have a really deep discussion about what to do in those cases and what's happening with Kanye slash yay uh, at this moment in time. Yep. Delicate discussion. It's a delicate discussion. Uh, and obviously one that we could not opt out of. Similarly, we have to keep our eyes on China. And we are we're breaking down some huge public comments from Xi Jinping, the president of China, some fallout from the US's decision to tighten restrictions on chip exports to China and just like what's happening geopolitically as we unwind globalism. It's kind of a big moment that we're in historically. Yeah, global globalization being uh, and the de the great decoupling. Yes. Yeah. And then we wrap with two very cool stories. We have the startup of the day from the creator of TBH, a new app that is basically like your yearbook who's most likely to succeed but done in a very positive, still anonymous way. Uh, it's a very beautiful product. And we talk about the dangers of anonymity plus teenagers plus online. And then we have a We Live in the Future a startup mm. called Spin Launch that flings satellites into low Earth orbit using centrifugal force and really high G's. And we talk about both of those in the context of whether we would invest some tactical information for you. Yes, it's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. A business is only as strong as its people, and every hire matters. Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash twist. Notion is one place for notes, docs, projects, and everyday work that goes way beyond a wiki. Get started for free at notion.com and Helpware helps you outsource the tasks that slow your team down. From data entry to world-class customer support, Helpware can help make you bionic. Go to helpware.com slash twist to get $1,000 off your first invoice. So this breaking news alert came across my phone, I think last night as I was about to go to sleep. Oh. And I was, and then that was the moment that I was like, and good night. Mm. Like I just and was like, scene. nope, I'm just putting that away. And then I woke up this morning at 630 and it seemed to still be true. So then I was like, maybe I'm just going to stay in bed all day, but I didn't. I dragged myself out so that we could talk about the possibility mm. that has so far been announced via press release yeah. that Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, has agreed to purchase the free speech focused social app Parler. Okay. Now I want to stop talking. <laughs> All right. Well, no, no. I just want to start there for a second. I didn't know Parler was still going. So exactly. Kanye West, who does not want, I understand, doesn't want people to refer to him as Kanye West anymore. It's to be called Ye. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, fine. It's going to take a little while for that. I mean, we could also just not do that. We don't have to. Well, it's not a law. I mean, I'm just I saying it's not a law. People's names, I guess. I mean, it doesn't cost me that much, but I he mean, is currently just so going people know. By, yay. Okay, I'm going to say the artist formerly known as Kanye West referring to himself as Yay for, I don't know, three months just until everybody understands yeah. that this change has occurred. Because if you so just throw like Yay into a sentence, it's really confusing. Yay. Yeah, exactly. It's like yay. people think you say, yeah, yay, yeah. Um, yay. Okay. okay. Anyway, so yes. So Parler's still in business. That was the most shocking part of this story is that Parler still exists. Shocking to many. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Parler, so people know, is a clunky version of Twitter. 
that was designed at some point raised a bunch of funding it was like 2018 and um this was because i guess trump hadn't been thrown off of twitter yet but this when was when Parler. i guess milo yiannopoulos and some other folks had been thrown off of twitter right so the early deplatforming of yeah uh, people, I guess, spurred the site, the site. And then there was what's the other one? Truth Social is Trump's Truth Social is the newer one. And then there's Gab. Gab um, was like the really gnarly one. Right. That used the Pepe the Frog meme. That was like right. pure trolling. And then and there's, there's Rumble, there's, which is their there's Rumble, the right version of YouTube the video one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there is Locals, uh, which is like subscriptions for people right-leaning people like uh the dilbert creator scott adams interestingly this move is coming obviously right after twitter and instagram locked yay's accounts because mm -hmm. of the series of anti-semitic posts then he was actually spotted not that long ago just for context with candace owens who's mm -hmm. like a right-wing provo provocateur yes in these white lives matter t-shirts yes and of uh, note yeah. Listen, I'm just trying to like yeah, get the facts out here. It, yeah. Ooh. But of note, Candace Owens' husband is the CEO okay. of Parler. Got it. And Parler has been, it has gone invisible, right? Like it is moribund at best. It seems to have had like an initial bump in popularity when it first launched and mm -hmm. does not seem to be super active. So certainly there are those people who are saying this is a very, you know, successful predatory yeah. <laughs> success on the part of this family who just got a big old rescue for their platform. I wonder At how much the of the moment, 56 they blew through. Yeah, I don't know. He was, by the way, though, Kanye Ye, joined really early. He was one of the early people to sure. jump on this platform. Like he got on it in 2018. It was like, you know, him and Candace Owens and yep. like some super right wing senator yep. whose name I can't think of right now, you know, so he's been kicking around. We uh, we know he's been sort of kicking around this universe for a while. Yep. But lately has been, you know, I think he like recently a fire said that. Sale. He I, said that a, I, I think this is a bro deal. I think this is a fire sale. Yeah. There are definitely people on Twitter saying it's really predatory. Like here he is in what is, it seems to be the middle of a pretty public collapse again. And, you know, yeah, these people are like, Hey, buy my thing. So I have some strong feelings about the this issue with Kanye specifically, yay. He has been very upfront about mental illness. His partners in the past have mm -hmm. been, uh, and I had a little typo there, it's predatory and sucks. I basically just said like, listen, when somebody's having a mental breakdown, and we saw this with uh, a number of celebrities over the years, we have social media, which for a person having a mental episode is kerosene. You know, this is, you know, a way for a mind that is having a mental breakdown uh, when your mind is broken at that moment in time. Social media and the media are kerosene, you know, on this mm -hmm. fire. It's an accelerant and it's really unhealthy because you get a ton of feedback. And then the feedback feeds whatever, and listen, I was a psychology major. I'm yeah. no expert on, you know, a lot of these things, but I'm, 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 I would say I'm well-versed. So, and I'm not gonna diagnose any specific celebrity here, and I'm not gonna talk about the other instances of celebrities having this happen, but we know them because they right. come back and say, I am sorry, I had a mental instance. There needs to be people around people who have these issues, kind of like a pause button. And, and I really think the media 
get very excited about having a celebrity specifically. So when you when you take mental illness, celebrity, social media, and the predatory media, I'm not talking about all media. I'm talking well, specifically about Americans obsessions with celebrity, right? Like we have correct. this gross celebrity culture, we're obsessed with of course, it. which is fine. And celebrities opt into that. And it's a transaction. I totally get it. Some celebrities, you know, create these kind of breakdowns in order to get more attention to promote something. Uh, mm -hmm. And so th there's all kinds of using going on here. But when I saw Tucker interviewing Kanye last week, yeah, last week, yeah. then I saw Kanye release this 30 minute video, which was completely brilliant at times. But at that other times, it was completely disturbing behavior. And I shared it in our group chat. He did like a 30 minute video, which was super creative him going through areas of Japan, doing like a video game kind of motif, uh, like recreation of a video game with him as the star of it, it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. But then he was like meeting with Adidas executives in this like attacking way, forcing them to watch porn videos. It, it was really nuts. And you, you really got the sense like, oh, my God, somebody needs to stop this person. And, and I think this is, you know, why certain people maybe remove themselves from the, the orbit of Kanye. I really question the media. And then somebody else did a three hour interview with him, a YouTuber. I get it. Yeah. They, it's a big deal to get Kanye West on your pod. It's a big deal to get Kanye West on your news program. I would love to have Kanye West here and interview him about entrepreneurship. I'd love to interview Kim Kardashian. Uh, you know, pick the person, but I would not do it when they were having a mental breakdown. I, yep. I wouldn't. Yep. Or if I did, and I didn't know they were having a mental breakdown, and they had a breakdown on the show, I would clip that part and not air it. Because this is really damaging to the person. Where is the just basic human empathy for a human being having a mental breakdown? And that's the, the big problem I have with this. Now, I don't know the social media companies can remotely diagnose a person having a mental breakdown and turn their account off or well, even did. Yeah. Like, well, here's he, the part about here are the two parts of that I would okay, add to ahead. that. Okay, one. Please, yes. Sorry, I, I just very passionate about this. Yeah, yeah. no. And I, I think you're 100% right. And I will only add to those points that two things have happened. One, mm. in the midst of what appears to be a break, you know, like a, a, a mental health episode, Kanye tweeted, yay tweeted, profoundly anti-Semitic stuff, and yeah. some other terrible things. And with a horrible Twitter, typo in it. <laughs> with a horrible typo in it. And yeah. Twitter blocked the account. Right? Like, this is, this is, now, did they do it to protect Ye? No. no. But did they do it to protect a community from these hateful things Jewish that he's people. saying yeah. in the midst of this yeah, I mean, look, anti like, crazy anti-Semitic stuff. My yeah. family is Jewish. Yeah, like my ex-husband, my child is, is Jewish. Jewish. Like yeah. this shit is not acceptable to me. No, like you want to know not. the day yeah. that I returned the lease on that car? Yeah, hmm. it was that meme. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to cross our red line, but like that is well, really yeah, I understand. It's bad. understandable. So yeah, yeah. it's terrible. However, so then Twitter comes in and locks his account. So, but then you have wealth. Right. You have these sort of factors that make this like that go from like a small oh. fire burning to mm -hmm. a bomb, because then you have somebody who's ostensibly worth two billion dollars. You have predators circling. Yep. And you have people who are like, you know, where you could say whatever you want ah. is our platform. If you buy mm -hmm. it, that, by the way, is probably on the verge of bankruptcy that raised like fifty six million dollars. And then the last round was a sixteen million dollar Series B. And like, we don't really know what state it's in, but it does not seem to be gathering the attention that it once did. And then all of a sudden, you turn that smoldering fire into something potentially really dangerous. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. You had the vector of great wealth, 
with mm -hmm. great celebrity with mental illness with predatory uh, individuals who knows if the people at parlor are predatory or not it sure seems like a crazy thing to do to go into a major transaction with somebody who's having a mental breakdown clearly and you know I, I, shout out to lebron james uh i have my problems with lebron james stemming from him not becoming a nick during the decision uh and crying every time he gets fouled <laughs> while being the world's best my player. eye it's always the eye but you know the and lebron didn't do the interview but it's his show i believe um you know he's got the show the shop and with, you know they chop it up in a barbershop kind of thing it's a really cool show actually i've seen a couple episodes and um kanye was on it you know what they did with the interview molly because he went on a couple tirades you know what they did with it yeah delete they, they dragged yeah. it right to the garbage circular can. file yeah that's it that's the right thing to do but tucker carlson wants the you know and then i think there there is another vector we talked about the celebrity vector we talked about social media, we talked about mm -hmm. money, and we talked about media. Okay, so there's multiple vectors here. Here's another one. Partisan politics. And I think for people on the right, to get somebody who's highly influential in the African American community and the black community, to yeah. then leverage them with, you know, to get them on their side, uh, and to get them to wear a White Lives Matter shirt. This is also uh, like, using the person during a mental breakdown. Now, I, don't, I don't know Kanye's exact politics. I think he, you know, uh, supported Trump. Uh, so maybe he is right leaning. And that's that's fine. If that's what he mm -hmm. that's what he truly believes. But during a mental breakdown, to grab people and it's use them as a say. pawn. Yeah, it's just the whole thing is so sad. And it's a really sad. It's a really sad situation. And, and I do think that when you combine it, then with the ability and means to own communications platforms, like it gets, a, it gets, it's real messy, right? It yeah. just gets real messy. And if the reason for that is just now we're straying mm. into the danger zone, but like if the, if the reason for that is just ideological yeah. and, or in this case, specifically partisan, like, I mean, it's not going to change parlor. But it, yeah, it just it, it's, it's all just going a back messy, to the same place. messy, sad situation. There are people in the world who use people. And when somebody has a mental breakdown, and they're vulnerable like this, you get to see who likes to use people. And you just and keep a list no in your mind mentally of who is attaching themselves to Kanye at this moment. Yeah. I just am cataloging it. Here are people and I know some friends of his. I've got a because he has dabbled in the you know, like like many artists, you know, he, he he's made friends with a I know a dozen people who know him mm -hmm. and you know, he, he has like really uh, wonderful ideas. He's an incredible artist. I mean, this is all obvious. He's a genius. It, yes. It's an artistic genius. And, and, and genius. It's, it's not, and it's not just in one category. I mean, it's in fashion. Uh, it's in video. It's in stage production. Uh, it's in obviously yeah. music and producing rap. He, he's so talented across so many different genres yeah. that of course you're going to meet with him. If you're in entrepreneurial, you, you have to. But what I would encourage people is like, if somebody's having a mental breakdown, the first thing you have to say to the person is like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Do you need help? Do you need somebody to talk to? And knowing a lot of people in a circle, there are people who are doing that with him. And then there are a group of people who are not doing that with him who are saying, oh, this is my window. This is my exactly. angle. I got my, my angle chance. shot here. Yeah. This is my chance to get in deeper with Kanye to build a relationship with him to build a business to you know, get myself in a picture with him or get myself in a story with him to get myself in a video with him. This is gross. You know, this is it's really it's like gross. Yeah. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business because listen, we're living in turbulent times. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the most qualified elite candidates. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster, and they'll do it for free. And you can add your job and the purple hiring frame around your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They've got tons of simple tools over there at LinkedIn jobs to make screening questions easy. So you can find the candidates who really want the jobs. And of course, you know, they have the skills and the experience all out there on everybody's profile, people voting for what skills people have to validate that for you. I don't have to explain how awesome LinkedIn is and all these features. You know that because you're on it every day. And this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's right. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash twist. That's linkedin.com slash T-W-I-S-T to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I think that's really true. And it's not like this is going to have some huge impact on the social media ecosystem, right? Even if even if this occurs, and it's there's not a legal mechanism short of somebody declaring power of attorney, right? There's not a legal mechanism for anybody mm -hmm. to say like, hey, you're not competent to make this decision right now, right? So it, it, this may happen, who knows, it's not going to change the social media ecosystem very much. This is still going to remain a niche player in a small and very crowded field, ironically, yeah. of super right wing platforms. What I think you're pointing out really is that the story is this poor guy needs help. And instead, people are just like, this is my chance. And it's exactly. Gross. It's exactly. And you know, it's I mean, he's, he's a father, he's got kids, you know, this, this just to have some basic humanity and compassion. And also when he has these breakdowns, he says incredibly horrible, hateful things like let's not, of you know, course. like, yeah, that's no, I'm not, and none of that is forgiven. <laughs> None of, that's None of that is forgiven. But when, I mean, you, what you would want to see here is if the person, you know, gets control of their faculties again, they say, listen, I, I said these things, I'm going to take ownership for them, I'm going to atone for them, I'm going to talk to people. You know, that would be a really uh, nice thing to see happen as yes, well. Totally. But I mean, we, we do have a special exemption in society for people who have a mental breakdown, a path for forgiveness. And, and that's a process. Yeah, the, there's a literal process for it. And Alcoholics Anonymous and mm -hmm. other things where you, you know, try to make amends if you know, when you tell people, hey, here's what I did. Here's, I know how hurtful it was. And you describe what you did. And I've had people do this to me before. Let I mean, ironically, Judaism has a whole holiday devoted to it just yeah. happened. Yeah. So like, you know, this atonement concept is like, I think everybody's here for it. Um, so I'm just wishing him the best. And to the people who are just absolute leeches, we, we're, we see you. We see yeah. what you're doing. We see yeah. the, there's a list. I have a mental list of people I see do this kind of stuff. And I just, you know, there's Tucker Carlson, here's Candace Owens. And then MIA, you know, the, the rapper, mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. seems to be getting in on this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, I haven't even heard from MIA for 15 years. What, what's going on with her? I do a quick Google search. Her, her new album's out, her comeback album or whatever's out. And it's like, ah, I hate to be cynical, but she's getting no attention, I assume. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody here has heard of about MIA, I, I respected her artiste as an artiste as well. And she's like spouting off crazy nonsense now. And mm -hmm. like, going to this meeting of the minds with Candace Owens. And of course, she's gonna, I'm sure get in on this Kanye West grift with Candace. And it's just all gross. And it's, you can just see through it. It's just people trying to take from other people. And it is. Yeah, and I, and I mean, the noties are pointing out, I think somewhat rightly, like he does have the means to get help and ask for help. And he is 
on some level, right? Like it, yeah, it, yeah. it is not it, on some level. He is choosing not to do that too. So there's just there's a lot happening here, and yeah, none of it. I is mean, there's good. also the possibility that he's not having a mental breakdown right now. He's just a horrible human being. I mean, who's crazy? I mean, I, well, I don't. I, but I, right, I think like he might just. It might be both. Like kind of horrible, and then breakdown just lets it out of the bag. Yeah, that, it's, it's, that's all possible. Yeah, yeah. I, it does seem like when but he comes it, back to his facilities, he apologizes me, like, for all this, right? Does he? I don't know. Maybe. No, he has. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like, he, I'm sure that doesn't get that. Oh, doesn't the last trend time he went much. crazy with Kim, he was, you know, super repentful oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. apologizing. He, like, I said this, I said that. Her, but then he stalked her and like attacked Pete. And, you know, I mean, there was like crazy, terrible stuff happening there, too. Like, it's a I don't know. It's actually a it's, case where you might want to if the person is actually saying attacking things that you know, that does break the social media rules on most platforms, like he did say violent yeah. things about Pete, which, you know, it only takes, uh, you know, there might be five violent, mentally ill Kanye West fans out there who then might do something terrible, John Lennon style, hor horrifically to to Pete Davidson, so that you created like a vi a real security risk for Pete Davidson, you know, yeah, by doing that. I think you just uh, talked yourself into content moderation. Well, not content moderation. I, I, no, it I is think content moderation. I mean, that's why Twitter locked I, the account. That's why, you know, I mean, at some point, it's like a rules of, it's literally yeah, well, a rules. Con content moderation, question. like the, the, the small subsection of content moderation that is, you say something violent and you create real harm in the world. Like exactly. I'm all there for it. All there for exactly. that subsection, right? Yeah. Content moderation is just like such a wide term, you know, like I think maybe putting a person like him, uh, the, the, the idea I really like for these platforms is to put people on um, moderation like we used to do on message boards, like listservs. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. this, but like certain people could post to the listserv and then other people had their content held to be reviewed. Mm, yes. So now this doesn't exist in the modern era, but if somebody like, let's say Trump or Kanye, you know, had a one year suspension or something and they're mm -hmm. coming back, you could say, sure, you can tweet your tweets. Uh, you have to pay a thousand dollars a year. Delay. Yeah. And you're on a six hour delay and our content moderators will read it just to make sure it doesn't break anything for six months. If for six months and you pay for this privilege of having mm -hmm. your stuff moderated, uh, just like somebody pays for their ankle bracelet or pays to have a, I think drunk drivers, right? They, they pay to have a device on their car. They have to blow into to start the car. Like they have yeah. a breathalyzer yes. that exists. Breathalyzer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a probationary period where mm -hmm. we're going to review your content. Why doesn't that exist? That would be perfect for Trump. That would be perfect for Kanye. It'd be perfect for you know, people who are, you know, we're, we're trying to not give them a permanent ban from the public square. But so then put that in my list of ideas for new owner of Twitter, if there ever is a new owner of Twitter of a, you know, and by the way, <laughs> it's a revenue model, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're on mod, it's gonna cost you 10 bucks a day. <laughs> we're on penalty. All right. Anything else in the news? Yeah, let's talk about the CCP. Mm. For uh, those who are not following this particular piece of global news, um, President Xi, Xi Jinping, is mm. widely expected to be elected <laughs> to, I made some air quotes, I made some air quotes in case you, you aren't watching the video, uh, elected to a elected? third term. Yeah, appointed, let's just say appointed. It's a coronation, if you will. This handed? is the week in which she is expected to be handed a third uh, term as president after getting rid of term limits. And so this is like uh, there's kind of an event happening that only happens every five years uh, in China, which is the National Congress of the Communist Party of China meeting. So this is the 20th one of those meetings. And Xi Jinping gave this big speech on that that obviously touches on the tech industry 
quite a bit. So we just have some notes in here about the major takeaways. I am really um, interested in this, Molly. I, I yep. was up late trying to find a translation and, a, and I'm, I'm looking for like a, um, uh, a transcript and everything of the full thing, but it wasn't out uh, as of yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm fascinated by what he said here because it is, I think, going to be pretty important, not just for the United States and the world, but startups and technologists as well in terms of yes. how he thinks. And there is a concept that I just want to make people aware of Xi Jinping thought. So this has been codified. Um, I, I learned this this weekend, is that the way he thinks his thoughts for the people of China mm -hmm. are becoming codified in a way. Um, mm. And uh, it's sort of something you can look up now there. And uh, so it's very important to when he says something, understand, this is kind of uh, becoming doctrine. It, it's right. not like a speech, not like Obama of. gave a speech or Big time. Trump gave a speech. It's like it, it goes from his thoughts into like kind of codified law. So just yeah. keep that in mind when we go through the story. Yeah, it's fascinating. So among the major takeaways, I mean, this is sort of interesting, because broadly speaking, in fact, I'll find this, this document the united the the united states also put out our uh 20 like our 2022 national security document earlier the last week and the similar themes around self-sufficiency like what we're seeing mm -hmm. in some ways is an unwinding of globalization and mm -hmm. this was a big part of this speech so for example uh president xi focused a lot on self-sufficiency national security social stability he specifically mentioned he mentioned safeguarding the supply chains of food energy and other key products mm. said quote chinese people must hold their rice bowls firmly in their own hands signaling mm. the importance of food self-sufficiency and evocative. security uh, that's an evocative uh, uh yeah. metaphor there see this is when you know somebody's really good at public discourse is when you can make a visual that you'll never forget Yep. Hold your rice balls firmly in your hands. <laughs> You'll never forget that. Like yeah. keep a good grip on your rice ball is a really good operating principle for a country. Well done, Xi Jinping. And whoever speechwriter for him gets it. Bravo. Continue. He focused heavily on security over growth. So Goldman Sachs did this interesting chart on the frequency of uh, mentions, right? Specific words that were mentioned. And they found that there was a huge growth in the mention of the word security. Um, mm. versus growth. Mm. So this is super telling. Well, it's also another thing, by the way, that was that broke early this morning that is also super telling is that China announced this morning without explanation mm. that it was delaying indefinitely the yeah. release of economic data that had been scheduled for Tuesday morning, including closely watched numbers for economic growth from July through September, which had mm. been expected. I'm reading from the New York Times to show continued lackluster performance reminder that china is the world's second largest economy it's kind of a big deal when they say we're not putting out any data and forever indefinitely it makes sense if things aren't going well it's kind of like taking a company private you know sometimes you have a public <laughs> company we talked about this like with zendesk yeah it's yep. like okay let's just take it private we'll fix everything and uh, nobody needs to be giving us any scrutiny for the next five years while we get this thing and, and you know, things could be going really well. But uh, as I've told everybody, you know, if you participate in this country, you have to understand that it's top down control. And uh, if you invest in this country, they will change the rules at any given point in time. And uh, just be careful uh, with investments over there. It's one of the reasons I haven't invested over there. 
Okay, if you're a startup, you need to know about Notion. You need to sign up today. Just head to Notion.com and sign up for free right now. And uh, write a deal memo about your company and then share it with me, Jason at Calacanis.com. Really, I'll read your deal memo if you start a Notion page, because that's what a lot of founders are doing. They're writing their deal memos, they're running their companies on Notion, and at launch, we run it on Notion as well. Think about this. Notion is our all-in-one team collaboration tool. It combines note-taking, right? Like you use different note-taking apps, document sharing. You probably have some suite of documents that you use, and then there's wikis, which you would love to use, but ah, they're clunky and they didn't work and they're ugly. Now, Notion makes wikis and that functionality beautiful. Well, imagine if all of that was in one platform that you could have templates for, and you could have everybody sign into one thing every day, and find every single piece of information, every database, every table, all in one gorgeous product. Well, that's Notion. And I am addicted to it. Not all work collaboration tools are created equal. We all know that. Some of them help you organize your company's information. Great. Others, they allow you to manage projects together. But Notion does both. It's one tool for your whole team to do it all. So stop having 50 tabs open in your browser. Use one beautifully designed product that everyone will want to use. Here is your call to action. Learn more and get started right now for free at Notion.com. Take the first step toward an organized, happy team today. Go to Notion.com to get started right now. You're going to love it. And share your deal memo with me. I think the most important part is the point of like globalization maybe being unwound a little bit. I think what we realized during the pandemic was that this codependency at best, globalization means, hey, less chance of war, you know, cultural sharing, we get to know each other, all good trade, uh, people uh, visiting each other's country, fantastic, going to different schools, collaboration on space stations, whatever, all good stuff. But then when it dips into codependency, uh, and we saw that with, you know, drugs, PPE, semiconductors, it gets a little scary, because then we have a yeah. disagreement, you can, you can kind of rug pull each other. And we see that with Russia and Germany. And so I think this is the... Um, this race towards resiliency uh, mm -hmm. amongst countries is very important because it'll make the relationship more stable. So while this feels unstable in the short term, this kind of equal footing will not allow people to rug pull each other. So if you've ever seen a dysfunctional relationship between two friends of yours who have kids, and they don't have enough money to get a second home, and they, you know, like they can't get divorced because they're in debt, and the kids are in school and one of them wants to go to New York. I mean, and you see it get like really yeah. ugly, but they can't pull the plug on it. They can't fully get divorced and just move on with their lives for whatever complications. Now, if they both had enough money, they both had independent careers, you know, and they could, you know, both enough agree therapy. to live in the city, yeah. go to therapy, yeah. whatever, all those things could add up and they could just, <laughs> right. you know, you know, yeah. we see Gwyneth Paltrow and the guy from, uh, Coldplay, uh, Chris Martin. He, the, yeah, like, they're like, they have the resources to conscientiously decouple. They're like, Oh, yeah, just buy yeah. a mansion next to my mansion. And we'll, you know, or whatever. You, you see celebrities do this all the time. Yeah, we no, have to be able I mean, to conscious, economic consciously reliance decouple. is a big deal, consciously uncouple. So um, other decouple. things of note. Hmm. I think and then and then let's talk about um, Apple in the context of this decoupling, because it is it is extremely interesting and, and exactly. I mean, this is such a massive like trend that's happening globally right now. Uh, but on Taiwan, I think we should note, uh, she also pledged to make the most efforts to pursue a peaceful reunification with Taiwan, but said China will not commit to abandoning the military option. Stressed uh, that China must achieve and has the ability to, to achieve a complete reunification. Mm -hmm. And then required strengthening military training and battle preparedness. So there does seem to be some there. So 
they're still a threat. And when you look at chip production, for example, uh, TSMC is the biggest semiconductor manufacturer and foundry in the world. And that's located in Taiwan, where people have considered it to be sort of a safe place to do business. And and she is quite clearly signaling here, like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's still the plan. Like, the plan is still to take back Taiwan, full stop, which is how we get to Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, we had a great philosophy, which was, we would say, at the same time, and this is really hard to keep in your head at one time, we believe in one China. That's their philosophy of there's one China, includes Hong Kong and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. While believing in the uh, sovereignty and the uh, the people of Taiwan having some self-determination. That's mm-hmm. what America's position was for a long time. Now, that seems incredibly contradictory. And so... Right. It was always pretty what, untenable. Yeah. And, and you just have to kind of keep that ambiguity as long as you can uh, is the game that we've been playing with China for a long time. Now, with Hong Kong, yep. you know, the British gave it back and... That's game over. And you saw what they did there. They just rolled over it. And the way he framed the Hong Kong stuff in this was there were a lot of bad actors in Hong Kong and we, you know, who were anti China and we finally got them out. We cleaned them out. Yeah. Yeah. We cleaned it up, thankfully, and we saved Hong Kong. So that's the framing here. If they go into Taiwan, they're they're saving Hong Kong from these bad actors who are against the Chinese people. Mm hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. I'll be honest. I don't think we're going to have a, a nuclear war with Russia. I don't think they're going to invade Taiwan. I think we just have to get back to this concept of status quo and kicking the can down the road and allowing there to be some ambiguity here where we're not forcing people to, uh, you know, resolve these issues and just kind of kick the can down the road and then let time go by because demographics change, people change, people evolve, societies evolve. You, you don't have to like force the issue. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for an extended period of ambiguity with Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, Cuba, like, look at the ambiguity with Cuba, like, has this been disastrous? Uh, You know, it hasn't been great for the people of Cuba. But we haven't had a war. And we haven't (laughs) had nuclear missiles there. So sometimes you can wait people out and the young people in the country eventually decide they want their freedom, which is what's happening in Iran right now. And you can support those freedom fighters. But you you don't need to saber rattle all that much. And now we're in saber rattling, saber rattling territory. And uh, that's always bad news. Yeah, I mean, you can, we could settle, we could be very happy with ambiguity. And I think we were for a long time. It depends on whether the, you know, folks on the other side of the equation are happy with ambiguity. And we don't really know. I was, I I recently, I recently got subscribed to this interesting news service. That's kind of a like, secret think tank for bigwigs. I don't really know. I did a like a thing for them. It was an Aspen Mm. connection. But they have been writing a lot about this um, Krink alliance, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, and how increasingly there's like, like Iran is sort of outsourcing nuclear testing to North Korea. And Mm. then, you know, and that that there's this alliance that's been building that is already essentially waging an economic war with the West. It's just it. It's an interesting, well, yeah, and then there were people on Twitter today, and this gets to kind of the tech angle part of this. There were people on Twitter today saying, like, listen, you can't even, because one of she's, of course, big themes here is that we have to be technologically independent as well. And that just, you cannot overstate how good American technology is, how advanced yeah. it is. Like, there were they were quoting people from China saying, you know, like, every breakthrough that China has made has basically been built by either stealing or grabbing open source code of course. from Microsoft, you know, <laughs> from all of these companies. Yeah. And there was also, speaking of China, you know, last week we covered the U.S.'s new rules on chip exports. And as part of those rules, U.S. citizens are being prohibited from supporting China's chip development. 
at least 43 American execs are working across 16 semiconductor companies. Yeah. And they're, the U.S. is essentially debating, like, are these employees just going to have to come home? They're just in yeah, limbo sure, right now. Sure, come home. Yep. It's not and the then, end of the world. We'll find you a job. I mean, working yeah, semiconductors. I mean, we I, have the Chips Act. We're building here. We're, we're literally talking about forty-three people. Yeah. I mean, I don't yep. think it's the end of the world. Yeah. And via anonymous sources at Nikkei, Apple has frozen. Like the fallout of this is already starting. Yeah. Um, Apple has frozen plans to use memory chips from the Chinese company YMTC in its China-based iPhones. These were planned to be used only for iPhones sold in China. Oh. And Apple had been buying them because government-funded YMTC chips were 20% cheaper than competitors. But now that company is on this, like, unverified list that the U.S. created on October 7th. And so Apple's like, okay, well, I guess we're not going to do business with them anymore. Like, it's that, again, economic warfare, warfare is occurring. Yeah. And. Great. Um, you know, it's, And uh, there you go. <laughs> and I the mean, end. Some point you're going to have to look at the relationships between the countries and decide which things uh are accretive to your citizens and which ones aren't you know and this yeah. is a natural thing we have to think about what's in our best interest what i will say about this alliance of dictators and authoritarians is uh they're gonna lose they're gonna lose why because authoritarians don't get along well with each other. And capitalism and competition always breeds the best results. Now we can complain on the margins about, you know, wealth inequality, how fast people get rich, bad behavior on the part of CEOs or capitalism's unintended consequence, all of those will be true. Uh, bad things happen in, in capitalism. The bad things that happen in capitalism, the worst days of capitalism are better than the best days of an authoritarian uh, country. So just let that sink in. There is nobody on this planet, no human being who given the proper choices and, and education on like, here's the choices of where you could live, would ever pick those four countries, Russia, China, Iran, uh, and North Korea, put those four countries on a list of, you know, four other countries in the West free countries, Canada, the US, UK, Germany, Sweden, I don't know, pick any country. Those four are coming in last every time. If citizens were going to pick where they want to live, 100% of the time. I mean, they have to be educated to understand exactly how great freedom is in those other countries. Uh, they'll lose. Now, they might have little pockets of winning here and there where they steal something or they can build a faster train because they can run over people's houses and take eminent domain. Yeah, of course. Dictators can have, you know, shining moments of authoritarianism that are highly effective, right? Uh, and they don't have red tape. But well, where man. you're interestingly, where you're seeing China start to stumble is to your exact point is in its increasing embrace of like aggressive authoritarianism. How many times have you been slowed down by time consuming tasks like data entry or scheduling meetings? Well, just imagine how productive you could be if you dropped all that back office stuff. And then you just focused on the growth of your startup on your product. Uh, on hiring great people, right? You've got really important things, your team, your product and your customers to focus on. Those are the three most important things in startups, your schedule, oh God, data entry, that stuff you got to get done. It's blocking and tackling. Well, helpware is people as a service. And it's going to make your team bionic, it's going to augment your team. Let's just go to helpware.com slash twist to sign up and get $1,000 off right now. So go do that while I read this ad. Basically, helpware helps outsource tasks that slow your team down. Again, mundane stuff, data entry, data normalization, you know, all this important stuff. 
more complex tasks like customer support and even AI operations, right? You're tagging stuff in AI, you're trying to clean up a data set, wait until you hear about who uses helpware. DoorDash, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and more. Imagine if all your top performers wasted zero time on back office tasks, and they were all just focused on growing the business, get back more time uh, and be more efficient, save money and focus your management team and your team on driving the business forward. It's all possible with Helpware. Go to helpware.com slash twist and get $1,000 off your first invoice. That's right, H-E-L-P-W-A-R-E.com slash twist for $1,000 off that first invoice. And welcome to the Twist family, to our friends at Helpware. China had this kind of directed for a while. This is the this mm. is the reason people thought it would be safe to do business in China. China had yeah. this kind of directed capitalism, right? Capitalism light model. Good it was luck. like you could do, hold on, you could do business and mm. they were going to allow competition to flourish but it would be directed by the communist party and for a while there that was incredibly effective it has yep. been incredibly effective china has built millions and, and millions of miles of high-speed rail mm. i'm getting to your exact point mm. just mm. what happened but you should still look back and examine what does and i'm certainly not argue, arguing for an authoritarian regime here but like <laughs> It came close, right? And unfortunately, China regressed to the ego, to the extreme authoritarian model. And she is just like, we're going to roll it all back. And, and the government's going to yeah. like cancel your listing and disappear Jack Ma. And all of that is always what can happen in an authoritarian regime. And why? that is not to say yeah. that China didn't get a lot done for a minute there. And what could we learn? But why what can we learn about working together? What can yeah. we learn about the idea of a collective good? Yeah, but before we get to that, the why, yeah. why, why did it collapse? Why, why did their incredible entrepreneurial run? Alibaba yeah, that's what I'm saying. It collapsed yeah, because of authoritarianism. Yes, because a single because person the government was in charge. said, I need to be in charge. You know, the government was like, we're in charge, mainly she himself, who is yes. clearly positioning himself as a, a future, yeah. you know, God King of China, without right. a doubt. So that's, that's the that's the nuance there, I think. So that, that, that's why I was sort of, sort of getting at it's I don't think it's a collective I get your point. Thing. What I'm saying yeah, like is, what in could Russia, we it's do? one person, Putin. One what person, could we do she. if we all rode in the same direction? Like, I've just been reading this. Oh, the um, communists? You mean? All like, right, never mind. If, no, no, I'm saying, if you're saying if U.S. and Russia could, uh, Russia and China could row in the same direction? No, I'm saying, what could the U.S. do if we could row in the same direction? If we were we persuadable, if we had an idea. Oh, okay. You don't think we're rowing in the same direction? I mean, As I a think. country? Yeah, I think we are. Right I think now. It's messy. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, we're arguing over stuff. But we are rowing in the same direction, ultimately, because we have freedom. So like the fact that we're going to have a vibrant debate as to who gets that seat, and Xi Jinping just picked it for life. Proof positive, you know, it's a messy system we have here. And yeah, it's never been it's never felt more polarized. I'm sure it was as polarized in the 60s. I think it was as polarized. We, we just maybe just didn't experience Ironically, it. it's actually always been like, if you look back at the presidential yeah. um, election maps, for uh -huh. like, I don't know, 100 years, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Like it's, ex it's like almost exactly the same margin. Like we're just, uh, we're just a half and half country. Yeah. I mean, are you talking about Anand's talk as uh, uh, New York Times piece? I'm talking about his new book. Yeah. He's got a new book that the New York Times piece is based on. And ah, it's it. a really, it's a really fascinating, I haven't read the whole book yet, but I've read a whole mm. bunch of excerpts and all of his writing about it. And it's just mm. a, what he's proposing is like an approach of, there's this, there's an actual technique called deep canvassing that's been very politically effective where you take, you know, groups of people and mm -hmm. they go and talk to people one-on-one -on -one and they're like, 
15 minute conversations. They can be very mm. short and profoundly effective because it's just deep, like, hey, deep, deep canvassing. Canvassing. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just want to make sure I got it. And it's just, it's like the concept of empathy, mm. <laughs> meeting people where they are, mm. hearing them out, and then, and then telling a positive story about like, hey, I hear you on this position. Here's my reasoned and positive argument about why I think that my policy might get us to a better place. And these the people will go out and have these 15 minute conversations. I think it was, I interviewed somebody who worked on this for How We Survive and it was, it was used to best effect and maybe even somewhat invented during the, um, what was it? Prop 8, mm. the, the gay marriage bill in California. Interesting. So he has this whole book where he's just talking to people who are attempting to persuade, like not change your mind or convince you or brainwash you, right? But to have, to engage in a real, actual understanding conversation to meet someone where they are and say, Hey, I, I like, I hear your feelings wow. about this extreme topic. Let's talk about this openly and honestly, let me accept your point of view. And then mm. we figure out how we can move forward together. So when do you the demonize opposite, the person? I mean, listen, I'm not in a place to have this kind of empathy right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> when do you demonize the person? Like, when I do you like, tell them they're terrible in this? No, it's a great idea. I'm, I'm literally in the looking headlines. up deep canvassing no, it's here. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. So what I'm saying is how, so what I was trying to say is how is there a version where we could achieve a sameness of purpose oh, and, a, and, a, and a common yeah. goal without having an authoritarian? Like, I'm not trying to say that, but at some point, you do have to like the thing that the reason China was able to accomplish so much is that they were able to say like, these are the OKRs hmm. <laughs> for the whole country. Yes. And then this is what you will be judged on your performance toward those goals. And no, you didn't get the opportunity to agree on those goals. But let's say we use the process of democracy and listening and conversation and empathy to create common goals, then think about what we could accomplish and be freaking amazing. It's incredible. Instead of being like, you know, I mean, there was there have been a bunch of articles today about how the like environmental justice movement is setting back climate policy because they're just like, nope, if it's not, you know, killing all the oil and gas, we're not going to do it. True. Right. Yeah. But it, anyway. Well, I mean, it takes we should have Anand on. I want to talk about this. Like, I just think that I, that is I, such I, I, an I interesting. I want to talk to Anand because um, I think he's quite insightful. I find him a little pretentious and hypocritical at times, but I do like him. I mean, he, He's I know a rhetorical, not, he can be a rhetorical yeah. bomb thrower. That's why I find yeah. this book so interesting because this yeah. book, even the book itself, yeah, it doesn't, his, his opinions are not really in there. It's just like all the stories of the people who are doing this work. I think he evolved from his first work, the, the winners, what was it? Winners take all or something. It was an okay yeah. book. Um, but you know, it was like, he talks about like how like capitalism is horrible. And like, then the end, he's like, yeah, and by the way, like, you know, I was like an Aspen fellow flying on these guys private jets. And I was working at this thing. Boston. It was like, the the whole thing was kind of ruined by he's like, oh, he's just deep in this system grifting. And I was just like, eh, Anand, come on. Yeah, getting paid speaking a little, fees, whatever. Grifting I mean, is a little strong. You can like, you can be critical of a system that you uh, live happily or comfortably it within. It felt like he was uh, benefiting from the system. And then, you know, found another angle to criticize it, whatever. I'm open minded to it. But I do like this idea, though, of what you're saying, you know, if we could get everybody aligned on the important issues is one of the things I, you know, I've, I've always tried to do is think from a little more first principles of like, what's the actual issue here. And if you look at the issue of immigration, which we, we keep talking about here, th people keep sending people from Texas to Nantucket or whatever, or Martha's Vineyard, like, or, you know, it, it, it's such a polarizing discussion, whereas it should just be a numbers based discussion and a logic based discussion. 
and, and we should separate it into like the three buckets as I've talked about many times here. And I think like this script, because I'm, I'm looking up the um, deep canvassing and the first yeah, there's word script. was scripts. Yeah. And I started while we're talking while you were talking, I pulled up the script to look at the abortion script I'm looking at right now, like how to talk to people about abortion and choice, or yeah. uh, transgender issues. It's actually a really interesting thing. If you could just get people to a basic way of talking about this, which isn't, they want to steal our jobs, you're a racist, right? And that's right. what the immigration discussion is. And you know, both sides are, they keep framing this and i always talk about framing here is like I, the framing should be uh for immigration is who do we need in america to make mm -hmm. this country stronger and who do we want to let in because it's the right moral thing to do like and, mm -hmm. and then what can we reasonably how can we reasonably hit those goals in terms of having a plan and mm -hmm. if you don't hear any republicans or democrats talk about it that way what are yeah. the what are the what are the positions here that we can't fill that are holding back the country? Okay, we don't have enough nurses. Great. Are we recruiting enough nurses here? Are we making it equitable for people in America to get those nursing jobs? Okay, great. Checkbox. Yes. Anybody in America who wants to be a nurse can get a free education as a nurse and get an ISA. That's actually true today, by the way. Any mm -hmm. American who wants to be a nurse can get that job and not have to pay for the degree up front. Mm -hmm. They can get what's called an income sharing agreement and pay for it after they get the job and the job pays an absurd amount of money. It's it's so in demand that nurses are making a quarter million dollars a year when they go on tour, like when they will come from Alabama to work at Stanford, I was talking to somebody, like they have these rotating nurses that they pay triple. Traveling nurses get paid like three or four nurses. times the amount, yeah. it's crazy. I know, and then it leads to like strikes in the hospitals because the nurses that are already there don't get paid that much. It's like, yeah, a, it's and the a, nurses who are there are like, okay, you're coming from Alabama or Stanford, I'll go to Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, it's like a, it's a really gaming kind of thing. And so we could just literally go down the categories. Mm -hmm. Here are the positions we need. Okay, let's make sure Americans have access to it first. Great, that makes total sense. Okay, and now how many nurses do we want to get? And what countries? And so if people are showing up at the border, we could say, Okay, do you have a high school education? Can you speak English? Or are you willing to learn English? Mm -hmm. Great. Here's your nursing track. We'll accept you based on the nursing track as opposed to just anybody shows up at the border or anybody flies in or anybody pays people off. And, and I like the idea of people buying citizenship. That to me is a genius idea. They have it in a bunch of countries, the golden passport yeah. visa. Malta. Yeah. And I, I just saw Peter Thiel's buying Malta for 750,000 euros. You can buy a He's uh, buying Malta. Right there. <laughs> yeah, Malta's only $750,000. No, he's, he's buying a $750,000 no, passport yeah, totally. from Malta. Yeah. And then you also have to have a residence there for the two years or something during it. So they yeah. basically get you to rent an apartment for two years. It got super popular. Well, I think you have to buy property, right? It got super popular in Portugal, the golden Canada, visa yeah. thing. Um, I don't know if Canada has a golden visa program Canada where you can for a while. invest you, a certain amount. Yeah, I think it was like if you invested a million dollars in a real estate project. Like, yeah, let's Spain, go. Actually, Spain has it. Yeah. Barcelona, I'm in. I love it. Let's go. Ooh. But I do think. We can record I do the show at dinner time. Mm, I do think it's after. increasingly. Right. Let's do that. We get the um, show out by like 10 a.m. <laughs> would be great. I want, I want to go to there. Let's do it. I do think, though. Let's do it for a month. The I like the idea of trying to bias toward people who are trying to unite us instead of divide us, because there is like we have had enough of that and it is purposeful. Mm. It is purposeful because yes. we are weaker. I mean, I think this is the point that I was clumsily trying to make about China. We are weaker when all we do is fight with each other. No, we got weaker. Them, I, I just country. didn't understand which country you were talking about. 
<laughs> that was actually your the person you were trying to convince was God, confused. Let me finish my sentence and then <laughs> okay, I will get sorry, there. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to understand it. Uh, all right. Hey, you want to talk about startups? Yeah, we are here on this week in startups. We got but, a I mean, good all one. this stuff is related. I mean, I think there is, by the way, uh, there is there are editorial products and startups in this vector. So you yes. know, getting people to talk about these issues in the way we're describing here, that's a product, right? You could, you could start thinking about products here that would actually uh, be beneficial and, and creative ideas. Uh, I think yep. the world's ready for it. I, did you see the hike going on between Mitt Romney and Mitt, what's the guy, who's the guy who always votes to not spend on the Democratic Party? He's the 50th vote, Joe Manchin. So you get oh, Joe Manchin no. and Mitt Romney went on a hike with their wives at a national park and did some photo ops. Hmm. 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 I've been saying crossover ticket for a long time. I, I wanted the Mitt yeah. Romney Hillary yeah. or the Bloomberg and uh, uh, Cheney. Yeah, I want something like that. That to me would be shoot, boom, right yeah. down the middle, uh, a it's Republican time. and a Democrat. Because by the way, did you know that's how the United States used to work? Second place became vice president. Yeah. I didn't actually know that until uh, like maybe like, five I years think ago. We all learned it in Hamilton. I, I learned it in <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah. But then I also <laughs> forgot it. And I was just like, wow. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. Well, okay, so a good startup startups. because today's startup of the day literally uh. has all of these topics in it. It has better discourse and also possibly mm. Chinese disinformation as a Let's double go. whammy. Okay, startup of the day is called GAS, G-A-S, like Gaspies or uh, the stuff that goes in your car for now. GAS is an app asking teens to compliment each other via anonymous polls which is super interesting. It's it's designed specifically to appeal to high schoolers. Users select which school I think they go to when they sign in and they can only answer questions about their classmates. But the questions, the polls are designed to be really positive. Who do you think is the most fun? Who do you think has the best hairdo? Huh. And then you, uh, if you're selected in the poll, like if you're, mm. you know, the one who wins the you know, hmm. from a boy in 11th grade, who should DJ every party? Okay, and then nice. they list these four people. Gas up your friends is the concept. Got it. Gaslighting. But not the exactly gaslighting. No, it's a negative connotation. It's yeah, the opposite. Like, this is, Gas is this like is to pump up your friend. Pump them up. Exactly. Uh, huh. um, yeah. And then you, you know, you vote anonymously. And it's, it's supposed contest. to be this really positive thing. And it's gotten extremely popular very mm. fast it like had displaced be real and tiktok even mm -hmm. according to the wall street journal it was downloaded more than five hundred thousand times since its launch in late august yeah. now listen you can debate whether this is going to go horribly wrong quickly i don't know but what's super interesting about it is that one you have founders who are really trying to create like some positive space which is delightful yeah and also that its sudden increase in popularity coincided Hmm. With a disinformation campaign. What? In which the founder tweeted a whole thread about gas getting caught up in a human trafficking hoax. I know this said, founder, Nikita. Yeah, Nikita Beer. Yeah. B-I-E-R. Tweeted a thread about uh, how after an investigation, our team found several indications that the gas app human trafficking hoax was planted by an entity or person originating in China. <coughs> TikTok. <laughs> Our data shows users connecting from China when the app first began growing mm -hmm. and the first fake review was posted that day. The review was then screenshotted and posted to TikTok the following day by an account with few to no U.S. teen followers. Mm -hmm. 
and then subsequently led to gas app searches to autocomplete to gas app trafficking. The video was later deleted after the hoax gained momentum, and they have been targeted with denial of service attacks with many IPs originating from China. This is the same team that brought us the TBH, to be honest, app where you take like anonymous questions, which obviously, you know, we talked about anonymity here. It's a very dangerous space with children. Um, yeah, I don't love it. We, we had a whole it. wave of suicides uh, in Web 2.0. Mm -hmm. There was an app uh, called Formspring. Uh, there was an app called Secret. Yes. And we were investors in an app called Whisper, which was exactly like this, a positive spin where you and all of these shared a common dynamic location and anonymity. Mm -hmm. And then in some cases, address book and friend graph plus anonymity plus location. So some combination of those things means you can find your friend group without knowing who's saying what. Um, now, of course, the app would probably know. And if the app knows, boy, that's super dangerous. But it eventually leads to bullying. And so I mean, you have does. to tread very lightly. And here, I understand, I believe the founders have great intent, by the way. And I think I'm the sure. founders of those other apps had great intent as well. Uh, Whisper never got caught up in this, but Formspring and Secret, I don't know if Secret, but with Formspring, there were a number of suicides. Now, there's a number of suicides that happened, sadly, in the world. So if you were like, how many people ordered an Amazon package today and killed themselves? Uh, not the Amazon story where we talked about, uh, you know, specific things to kill yourself with, right. but just... Just generally, people who used an iPhone today and killed themselves, there would be a correlation of 50% right. because they either used Android or, you know, iPhone. Yeah. So just be careful with correlation and causation, right? This is obvious. But sometimes the press will run with things or social media with run with things. This is causing that. And it's just, it would have happened anyway, because tragically, some people commit suicide. So anyway, in this case, you know, you, because of this uh, anonymity, that releases the ability of people to bully and mm -hmm. young kids experiment with bullying, sadly, tragically, because they're becoming adolescents and adults bully, kids bully. It's just part, it's part of the dark nature of Humans. our DNA. Yeah. And so you just have to be careful if you build a tool that accelerates that, right? Or exactly. can accelerate it because the person on the receiving end may have never experienced, in, in person, you could have five people bully you, right? Or in the case of the movie Carrie, the whole school class bullied the one person at once. Right. She obviously had superpowers and murdered them all, but you know, <laughs> so be it. Uh, that's what makes the, the that's what makes that story so resonant, right? Is that so? Don't it, bully, friends. Yeah. Well, it, it is what makes it so resonate. That's why that became such a powerful story, Carrie, is because everybody's experienced bullying, and then you had, well, what would happen if the whole school bullied somebody and they could actually, you know, uh, uh, take back their power? And, and of course, school shootings are part of that. And this is why it's a dangerous thing for entrepreneurs and technologists to get involved in this dynamic. Because it is there yeah. are edge cases. And as a parent, we both are attuned to them because we hear the stories when people come back from school of somebody who's been bullied. I think you can I'm trying to figure out if in this case, yes, I mean, look, trying to predict usage and mm -hmm. control content is a fool's errand. Like trying to say, this is a this is a product that only exists for people to be nice to each other. It's just like, I mean, I, I think that maybe is what Mark Zuckerberg thought initially about Facebook, right? You will find sure. cute girls because that's what they originally designed it for. And everybody will just want to be friends here. Yes. And I think there were people legitimately at Facebook who had never just considered what people are like, right? So that so that is always going to be a dangerous game. What is interesting about gas is that it appears that they have a set list of prompts, you can't mm. enter your own. So it's just a like, 
Mm. Maybe they will increase the prompts over time. And all you can do is enter names of people in your school. Right. So it's a so, super limited interaction. And the prompts are like, who would be the best DJ at a party? Who right. do, uh, like I saw one of them was like, who would I most like to steal from their boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is. Yeah. The idea is that these who do you secretly admire is that the none most of the beautiful prompts, person you ever let met. Yeah. yeah. So none of the prompts might, are user generated. The prompts are not user generated. Exactly. You are not allowed to generate your own prompt. You can because only Because then choose somebody from can say, who's the biggest loser? Who's the biggest dork? Who has the most body odor? Who's most likely to kill themselves? You could do something really horrific. Exactly. And, to taunt and somebody. They would, right? And people Of course would, they would, yes. Because that's how people are. Now, I do think there's, you know, <laughs> it's weird to have people voting on each other anyway, right? Like, because somebody's going to lose the poll. Like, I don't know. But at least I will say they have put in the guardrails i just think there are two thing interesting things about this one is that they're experimenting with the guardrails so that you can't generate your own prompts good smart move. which good product is decision. smart and that you're not voting on people you don't know you know there's no sort of like it's it, or at least that go to the same don't go to your same school right smart but two that they seem to have been review bombed by china <laughs> i guess brigading would be the other issue here it's like could we all create a way to vote for a specific person for something the person didn't want but I guess if the prompts are thoughtfully yeah. done, that'd be harder. But th this is basically the dynamic of the yearbook, but every day. So instead of on graduation, who's most likely to succeed, right. who's most likely to get married, who's most likely to be prom queen, all those kind of things, we which I really had a problem with. I thought those were pretty, we had I never all liked those, that process. And we had most likely to end up in the state pen. Like we had some messed up ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, those were also a little bit. Yeah, that one was anonymous, like, by the way, we all, it was just one guy. We all knew it. I'm a little Did he wind up. up in the pen? I don't know. I'm going to try to find it. You kind of know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, just because you can vote doesn't mean you should. But I, I, I this, uh, this, this uh, founder, Nikita, I don't think he likes me. I think he's, he's kind of dunked on me a couple times on Twitter. But mm -hmm. I do think he seems pretty thoughtful and talented. Mm -hmm. And has uh, tried this before. Like yeah. he's trying to, he's trying to introduce positive discourse into yeah. Gen Z and millennial life. And this one seems to be catching oh, on. I, I like the fact that. I, I like the fact that he has good intent and he's trying to do something that is thoughtful. So I, I give him kudos for that. Also, there is, I think, between this and Be Real, we should take note and TikTok. We should mm. take note of the fact that we do have one and a half generations like younger millennials and Gen Z's who mm -hmm. are without a doubt looking for alternatives to the social apps they have. Yeah, it's kind of like, you, you know, Facebook was for boomers. Twitter is for and Instagram is for Gen Xers and maybe millennials. Yeah. Uh, TikTok is for Gen Z. And what's the generation after Gen Z? I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I don't know either. But whoever they are. Alpha. I think maybe whatever. Alpha? I mean, I, I, do you I might be would 10 to 15 year olds be considered Gen Z right now? I don't think so. There's something else. Yeah, no, my son's Gen Z. Yeah. He's 15. I think he's right there in the but it, but without a doubt, I think even TikTok, they're like, it's awesome, but they're they're willing to explore alternative. This is a really ripe moment hmm. for something new. It is Alpha, right? Yeah. Look at those kids. Gen Alpha. The cool perfect. name. Great. The cool I like name. it. Gen Alpha is great. Yeah. Starting all yeah. over. Anyway, super interesting startup story. Super interesting opportunity, I think, to build things like more private, hmm. more positive, more controlled. People are just into group messaging, the one post a day. Like there's we're starting to hone in on some opportunities here. 
I think, you know, it's almost like they're inoculating themselves to the viruses and yes. the bacteria in the previous social network. So they're like, oh, in that previous social network, you used it too much. Okay, how do mm -hmm. we throttle addiction in the in this app? Okay, be real. Okay, in that other one, you bullied each other. Okay, how do we inoculate, you know, our peers from being bullied? Okay, yeah. great, let's do that. So, you know, uh, nature finds a way, to quote Jeff Goldblum, like, and that's what is happening here. I think nature totally is finding agree. a way to to mitigate against what the previous things did poorly. Like, uh, yeah. so kudos I to totally good agree. product I mean, developers. Good product developers, yeah. people understanding this opportunity, younger people building companies. I, I'm so happy they use that analogy because I've been saying this for years. Like social networking is really new. If you think about it, yeah. it is really new to our society. And so, of course, we didn't have an immunity to it. And now we're these next generations are evolving and starting to to I develop. I deleted TikTok this weekend, by the way. I deleted. Oh, really? It. Just off my phone. I'm like, yeah. I just it was starting to become. I understand the habit it builds. It was starting to become like I go to I, when I turn my phone on. I go to Twitter. I go to podcasts. I go to Slack. I go to my email, and then TikTok got in that rotation. And I'm like, mm. this is not adding anything to my life. Right. You're like, and wait a second. This just a became a purpose. habit. Mm -hmm. And it's a habit. And like, I'd rather have chess or, you know, Grammarly or a writing app become a habit than this. And so I'm just looking at my habit and say, th th this was not adding to my life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, except that it did find me a we live in the future story, <laughs> which I share. I know. TikTok and on, so. maybe a new entrepreneur. But maybe. yes. I mean, I guess there'll be moments there. I, 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 yeah. Should we do I that? Think, should we do the We Live in the Future? I think we should. I mean, I, yeah. I teed it up here. I mean, I basically saw a TikTok and I was like, oh, that's like We Live in the Future segment, but done on TikTok. So let's draft off of that. And is it real? Apparently. Yeah, that was my thinking. I was like, is this real or is this just yeah. like some sci-fi thing, which is the point of We Live in the Future? I think you saw it. Actually, I really am going to, I want to start following, or I would start following this account, except that as we have discussed many, many times, my TikTok is only for dogs and other cute animals. So I can't, but she looks super cool. Galactic gal. And she mm. has fabulous space themed nails, like amazing nail game. And also Great. pointed out to us this company called Spin Launch, mm. which is making a rotating arm, a huge one, like Statue of Liberty mm. size rotating arm that can fling small satellites into low orbit space. Sweet. What? It is amazing. Like a, do we have the video? Can we do the video? Yeah, we're watching the video <gasps> there here. There it is. Wait, I'm that's a real on thing in the world? It's real. It like really exists. And it wow. is uh, John Doerr personally and Kleiner Perkins were investors in the round. They pulled off their 10th successful test launch in less than a year, just a few weeks ago. They first raised funding in a $3.9 million seed round in 2015 and then raised a $71 million Series B just last month in September, led by ATW Partners at $171 million valuation. It is amazing. According Bonkers. to Space.com, the customer payloads launched by the accelerator had to survive up to 10,000 Gs, 10,000 times the force of the Earth's gravity, as this 108-foot-long rotating arm hidden inside a white casing spun up the payload faster than the speed of sound. And we have the slow-mo right now of this rocket shoot. Now, what I want to know, because actually it turns out that like jet fuel is a massive emitter, like a massively sure. polluting, right? And mm -hmm. super dangerous. So I wonder how this thing is powered. And if it is by, it, by launching things into space, like do they need rocket fuel? Or are they just literally propelled? It seems it's like they're just literally propelled. 
they need a lot of energy to do this. Obviously, they're I burning something. I, I'm guessing they have some type of they might have jet fuel or diesel or something to power those engines. I'm not I sure like electricity really alone could do it. Um, yeah, I don't maybe know. electricity could I don't know the how you know, something going through a centrifuge or whatever works in terms of does it require a massive amount of thrust initially? Or can you slowly, you know, just add power to it, right? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And then centrifugal force the would take over and then yeah, it would be like self perpetuating. I don't understand. And then we I have guess, questions, a lot of questions. And then I but it's it's fun to look at. And so uh, cool. I wonder what you can put in there. So now because of those G forces, I, there's G forces on rockets as well, right? So I, I don't yeah, know. But I don't think they're 10,000. The forces. Yeah, I don't think it's 10,000. So then I wonder if what components would survive this or not. And then mm -hmm. your question, is it going to use more or less energy and, and how much more or less? Because let's say these were Starlinks or, you know, low Earth orbit. I'm assuming this does low Earth orbit. Yeah, these do low Earth orbit, orbit mm -hmm. and then there are components in there that can't survive the G's. Well, then it's kind of worthless. So if you can just chunk, uh, you know, putting a brick of metal up into space does nothing for you, you know. But putting lenses and putting chips and memory chips and batteries, right. like, does all that stuff just break when it spins that know. fast? Well, I That's guess the it, question. I mean, it depends, right? They'd have to be encased and well encased, and then can they? Do you? Does the casing break off once it's in orbit? Or I do don't know. Do those materials just crack? Like, does glass crack when you put it at 10,000 Gs, right? I don't I know. I have no idea. And like, does the glass that you need for, I'm, I'm assuming some of these satellites will have like glass or batteries or transistors that just can't survive this. So maybe you can't do star links with this, but then it's like, okay, well, what's the point? The low Earth orbit satellites need to have GPS, whatever in it. So I'm that's sure going to be the, the real goal, test. Yeah. But. This is really interesting though. They say... Uh, they do, in fact, aim to uh, be, have an orbital launch system that's cheaper and more environmentally friendly. That is the goal, yeah. I and mean, that I like could all of shoot them. small constellations of satellites into low Earth orbit. This is so cool. I wonder how long it takes. Like, so can they shoot one an hour, one a day? Like, does the centrifugal force take three hours to build up to this or three minutes? I mean, this is one of those where like, I don't want to have every entrepreneur on when we talk about we live in the future necessarily, but I do what we can you guys call us I think because it should be. Yeah, I think you guys should come on. <laughs> like, I really totally. want to know more. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So there's Could a microsatellite bus. Okay, so maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And maybe that's what they're going to. Yeah. I love I, I mean, mean I love fantastic. the idea of just saying like, hey, you know, we've only thought about using rockets to get stuff into low Earth orbit. And that's really hard and really expensive and super polluting and dangerous. What if we instead just use like a catapult, right? Like that's just sort of human ingenuity. Like, hmm, we've always done it this way, but what if instead we just went and well, just what happened shot to the space there? elevator? Remember the space elevator concept? That yeah. was going to change everything. And it was the idea was you would just build this basically very long string with a weight on it. And then it would yeah. have an elevator attached to it. And you could put something in the elevator, theoretically humans, but more likely payloads, it would go mm -hmm. out into space. And as the Earth is rotating, you'd have this like, trailing, totally, there's whip. actually there's a really cool, there's Sci these books star? called the, the Red Mars, of course, obviously, the Mars trilogy by um, Kim Stanley Robinson, they were written, they're so detailed that they almost feel like a history of colonizing Mars the way they're written, and they have space elevators. And at some point, spoiler alert, there's like a terrorist attack and they like blow the cables oh, and the, the foundation cable. Wait, that's the foundation falls. series, right? It's on Apple no. right now. Oh, okay. no, no. Uh -uh. It's it's called the Mars Trilogy. It's like Red Mars, Green uh, Mars, Blue Mars is the, the three books. The foundation series. This is why like we even started uh, uh, We Live in the Future was 
there the concept was there were in the foundation series and i just put the trailer here and they can zip up uh into the trailer but uh spoiler alert there is a space elevator which is how everybody mm -hmm. gets from earth to space and uh there's a terrorist attack on it uh yeah. now this all happens in the first episode and it's in the trailer so if you go to two minutes into the trailer you'll see the moment where that happens and obviously it's quite spectacular too blow up a space elevator <laughs> with a city attached and then to the, it and the giant yeah. cable comes crashing down you know to earth it kills and like, everybody yeah. on or earth to the to the planet rather Boy. and kills like tons yeah. of people yeah there it is um, boom space but, elevator uh, yeah crashing. i mean that's gotta still i figure i feel like the space elevator has still got to be coming anyway i want to know more about the catapult i love it i think that's rad it would be pretty great, I think, if we could get more stuff up there quicker. I mean, the the impact that low Earth orbit satellites are going to have when we have three or four vendors up there, mm -hmm. this is going to be nuts. Like the the impact that free or close to free internet's going to have uh, on the world is is just truly mind boggling. I think I'm every also, home is going to yeah. have two or three internet connections soon. Like we talked about, I know, we talked about I this love, last week. Five we talked about this last week, and, and I cable. love it. I love the idea of it. Like as cheap backup internet. I mean, I love your whole entire concept of race to resilience. Like generally, yeah. right? That's a home to home thing. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I have been saying to people, I'm like the story of the 21st century of this decade and the next few is going to be decentralization, no doubt mm -hmm. about it. Oh, I'm super into low Earth orbit as a place for manufacturing. Like I think we're going to be able to be do. I, Jeff mm -hmm. Bezos even talked about this after one of the Blue Origin flights. Like it we're going to probably be able to situate factories and some manufacturing. They've been actually doing a bunch of, you know, the spa the International Space Station has a whole public-private partnership thing happening, and they're starting to work on manufacturing. And one of the things they can make is like fiber optic cables for internet transmission that have zero latency, but can really effectively only be manufactured in space because gravity introduces imperfections. But you could move a bunch of very, very dirty industries to space mm. without polluting the planet and do manufacturing. I mean, this is obviously a far. Yeah, that's really out there. Out. But yeah, so if there was something we made on Earth, mm -hmm. that was particularly gnarly. Dirty. Yeah, dirty. Steel. You do it in space. We could do steel production in space. Then the output would go into space and not hurt space, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's a great concept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, so. space mining, yes. I, I briefly considered, I think it's a little too early, which is my trend. But I briefly considered instead of becoming a VC, trying to become a space lawyer, because I think space law is like one of the industries of the future without it. Seriously, yeah. like when we start to fight about like who gets to mine an asteroid, who gets to be in low Earth orbit, are there parts of it that are like territorial disputes? Yes, there's like going to be war. There are all these contracts. Luxembourg, the country of Luxembourg. This is what a freaking nerd I am, by the way. Mm. That all this stuff is not only stuff I know, but I'm, I'm obsessed with. The country of Luxembourg has set itself up as like a center for space law. They're like, this is one of the industries of the future, and we're it. We're on it. Like the Zug uh, in Switzerland for crypto. Yeah, you could be like, hey, we'll do space law. I space mean, law. it's, it's going to be Somebody's who gets there first here. and who wants to fight. It's like, how, how much do you want to fight for this, right? I think it's going to become mm -hmm. part of it. You know? and, uh, but mm -hmm. it, it, it does seem who you're hovering you above matters. So if you want to beam your satellites into a certain country, you got to get that country's permission right now. Now, if you're far, I mean, but what if you said no? I don't care. Right. Then I guess that country would just be like, okay, we're, it's our sovereign airspace, theoretically. And well, that's what China is doing we'll and Russia. They down. keep like yeah. blowing stuff up. They keep literally yeah. blowing up their own satellites and being like, debris be damned. There is a treaty. Mm. There is an international treaty, like a yeah, global treaty that, that's yeah. supposed to govern this stuff. And then, you know, you have mm. countries just being like, nah, not gonna. 
All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Another great day. And, we live in the future. Uh, we do live in the future and startup of the day, you know, just through the lens of like, would I invest in that company, by the way, a uh, great founder, serial founder, amazing mm -hmm. design, it's kind of an outlier in terms of, you know, how it works. I could see consumers subscribing to it. I think it's You're like, talking about gas. To be clear, gas we should clarify second. for the audience. We're talking about yeah. gas, not spin on gas. If I were to take it on through gas. my rubric mm -hmm. of investing, great design, serial founder, serial team has had an exit before. Just a lot of the qualities I look for, and it's mm -hmm. got a subscription model built in, right? Like it's just easily people would pay to subscribe to that. That's yeah. got like a lot of uh, check boxes for me. And then, you know, in terms of the market size, it's huge. So that's a that's yeah. a no brainer to invest in. For the second one, for we live in the future one if i put it through the lens it's definitely an outlier but man that's hardware is hard man that's a hard one to do that's going to be capital intensive and it's going to be at a price that makes no sense right the valuation makes no sense compared to yeah. probably their revenue so that's a that's a real hard one to justify investing in unless you've got a fund specifically designed to make 20-year investments like jervitson does yeah, that's totally. probably why by the way john Doerr did it personally i mean i was gonna say when you look yeah. at uh when you look at something that john Doerr is in you know it's like a big freaking dream mm -hmm. that yeah. You low might chance of let, success. You might want to let somebody else have that dream. Yeah, well, it's a low chance of success with a high payoff if it does succeed, right? So it's mm -hmm. an outlier. It's an outlier's outlier, right? There's just no no known path to profitability there, yeah. or a low path to profitability. Because while space delivery of satellites payloads is proven, this technique is not proven. So mm -hmm. it's really an outlier's outlier. But you know, that's that's it's why almost John's like an, making the bet. It's almost like an R and D investment right it's really sure. interesting like you want to incentivize the r&d and you hope it works out what's the what do you think the realistic timeline of these something like that is and the realistic footprint of uh capital required to get there it's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars and i'm guessing a decade or two before it's viable so if you have a 20-year horizon great yeah. venture great. funds have a 10 so you know it's what is the lps you know, if you have LPs investing in, they better be LPs that are generational LPs. In other words, the people working at the, the people working at the institution that would fund a bet like this mm -hmm. are probably not going to be in the job when this thing hits profitability. So think about that for a second. Somebody working at some pension fund makes the decision to invest in a venture fund that invest in this and the venture fund employees and the employees at that pension fund and the venture fund may not be in their jobs when this investment is realized. That's when did I was just asking our producers this like when did VC start investing in SpaceX? 2006. Well, yeah, I know the Elon uses his own money. Says. Okay, it's possible that founders and when did they start investing in Tesla? 2004. 2004. I think so. Yeah, those are 20 year journeys. So now, one of them went public very early. Tesla went public early. Right. SpaceX so hasn't. SpaceX not. is still a... F I mean, I think Elon has publicly described SpaceX as a furnace. <laughs> a money-burning right. furnace. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I think that... Well, I guess they're probably counting Elon's investment as the first investment. And then I think shortly after Founders Fund did it, Luke Nossett gets credit for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like... It's not our model. It doesn't really. It's moot for us in terms of spin lunch. Although, come on this week in climate startups, certainly at a minimum, sure. and tell come me all show. about. Yeah. yeah, could be the next. Also, could fit. Uh, could fit could in the next um, unicorns too. It could be like a bee bold. It's a bee bold. It's a bee bold for sure. All right, got a great week coming up. Tons of great stories. We got through yeah. Monday. We got through Monday. We got 20, through Monday. 
percent of the way there or so. We're just so. waiting to see what the heck is going to happen tomorrow. But either way, you know what? We'll be here for you. Yes. And you will not hear our insights anywhere else. No. So we'll there work you go. through it slowly. But sure. Exactly. See you tomorrow. Right. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.